Welcome to the LifePurpose.com podcast. The number one podcast in the entire cosmos for empowering and inspiring you to live your life's purpose. My name is Hema Allman. And I'm Gabriel Sarah. And today's episode is about transcending poverty consciousness to align to your purpose. Poverty consciousness takes on all forms. It's not just, you can still be in poverty consciousness and have over $100,000 in your bank account, a million dollars in your bank account. The poverty consciousness, when I think about this, is exactly what you said about the teachers. They took the jobs to consume, but when it came time to actually teach and give value, they were absent. They were not there. And the incentive for them to get into the teaching job was for the two, two months off, the summers off, and to be able to work from like eight to three or nine to four or whatever, and then go home and not have to take their work home with them. And I think we both can say that we've encountered teachers like that. Some teachers may care, some teachers don't, and it's just a paycheck for them. But I'm very aware that it's the attitude. If there's a poor attitude, it, it really does suck everything and poor attitude creates poor results hey by the way i know you're listening to this podcast because you know you have a big purpose but you may need support fulfilling what you came here to do that's why we invite you to join the lifepurpose.com support community just click on the link in the description or go to lifepurpose.com to check it out and now back to the episode I'm noticing a direct connection here, and there's a program and a pattern that I'm really hoping that I can get help with. And I'm just gonna have to express this as, you know, over a month ago, I was in this pattern of swing trading and I was building up the account again. And then I, I, I just, something just told me, like, let me just do this and look at this because how is this possible that he's, can grow the account 50% in a week. And I told you, I took a trade that same night and made a big win on the account. But then the momentum shifted again because of my psychology. I started to overtrade again. And I started to, like, I started to overtrade again and I wasn't following. I wasn't being disciplined. And that pattern of being patient came over. And then I drew down the account again. And I'm not back where I started, but at the same time, I realized, hey, damn, like I could have just been, like I put all this work and all this time in to build up the account, all this patience, and then I blew, like I blew that energy. Why did I blow that energy, right? Yes. That's poverty consciousness thing. And that's the sabotaging pattern. Sabotaging pattern. And in that, like I get that, I feel that fire friction and then I go on my computer and then, you know, I'm not in a good mood already. And I'm really working to, to like balance, like to, to block that out as much as I can. But like, I feel like there's something in me that's like, like being a sore loser. And I think it's also sore loser and poverty consciousness. I don't know how else to articulate it on that, but in connection with what you were saying, Hema, I am seeing that that is more and more the the key i could have just been resting and meditating 
and being in a state of love, but instead I'm in a state of like distress and feeling extreme financial stress, especially with what you, you know, share with me about this guy almost blowing out her account. And then I also feel, I feel a lot of guilt and responsibility because I'm the one that found this guy and yeah, it's been, it's been not so good. And I am seeing, however, that that is the change that has to be made. And this goes back to what I was saying a few, like I'd asked myself the question a few years ago, what's wrong with me? And the answer was the psychology. The answer finally came to me at like during the last San Pedro ceremony. And it was about psychology. And you're, you're pointing it out to me too. It's the attitude. Well, what is attitude? It's the mindset. What did I set the intention for a few weeks ago? I may not be ready, but I am willing to dissolve and transmute the poverty consciousness, all forms of it. Well, that is a form of poverty consciousness. It's complaining. It's him being a sore loser. It's And I'm going to call you out on that as well because you set the intention. So I'm going to assist you with that. It's the, um, it's the being impatient. I would rather just have one big good trade that, that is able to pay the bills for the month than to take 10, 20 bad trades in a week. What comes to me also very strong is poverty mindset is when the person is focused on the financial gain and the financial reward only. Oh. Poverty mindset is when you are disconnected from the joy of creation. Right, because you're not in abundance. You're not you're not taking in the entire thing. And that is you falling for the ultimate illusion. Because we all come here as creators. This is what our soul wants to do. Our soul wants to create. And we create by play. Just look at the children. They already have the secrets to heaven. We're here to create through play, through joy, for fun. Joy is the key. But then as you grow older, the outer world deceives you with money. And then people prioritize the money over the joy of creation. And then the entire motivation is just, okay, what's the fastest and easiest way to make money? And then people take the jobs that they don't want to do. And then they get bored, they get stifled, and their creator powers, they fade away. Their joy of creation fades away. And then people just live from the mind. Okay, how can I make more money? When is my next day off? They just live in the mental realm. They're not having a connection to their physical body anymore, to their self-expression anymore, to art, to singing, to dancing, to using their bodies to create. And that's when people get frustrated and depressed. They self-sabotage. They get angry. Because our soul knows that's not why we are here. We are here to create heaven on earth, whatever that may look like to you. And in order to create heaven on earth, we are required to create with a positive mindset, with a positive attitude. And if you haven't found that yet, if you haven't found that joy and the positive attitude yet, then you got to shift things around and you got to remember and reconnect to the joy of creation and to remember to tap into the joy of just drawing a picture or just being in nature and creating something with nature. Children have their tools. They use different tools. They use pens, colors, building blocks to create something. And they can get lost in that process. Or just sitting in a sandbox and creating 
castles out of sand and children can do that for hours and they get lost in it in a very positive way. They bliss out doing that and they get into a very meditative and peaceful state doing that. But then you take them out of the sandbox and you tell them it's time to go home, Jimmy. They start to cry. They get angry. We've got to remember that. It doesn't mean that when you are grown up that you're meant to sit in a sandbox and create castles out of sand unless you choose to do that. But our creations evolve. So perhaps the Jimmy that was creating sandbox, sand castles out of sand when he was four years young, now he's 30 years old. He is now perhaps creating actual new earth ship homes out of clay and he's his heart's desire is to have his own new earthship home company where he can build with the materials of the earth actual homes versus just a castle in the in the in the sandbox and we all have our own spark for Hema, it was her desire to become a radio speaker when she was eight or nine years old that now has transformed and evolved into creating podcasts for our own platform. It's similar. It's very similar. And this is me creating from a centered state of, of inner peace and inner bliss and an inner fire and inner fire of creation, where it's like, yes, let's do this. So what is that for you? What is that for you? People, people have become so fooled by the illusion of money and by the concept of money. Yes, money is tangible. It's real in a sense of you have paper in your hand with some, with some numbers on it, and it's a form of exchange. That's not money. That's not the, the exact definition of money. Money has to have three properties. It has to be a store of value, medium of exchange, and a unit of account. It's not. It has no value. Fiat currency has no value. I'm just pointing this out. But I think the majority can understand your point. When a baby, when a physical baby is created, it's a man and a woman making love, the act of love making, And that love has the potential to create a baby. Now, if you apply that to, to you creating something, but there is no love involved, you're actually abusing, you actually are an abuser. You're an abuser of your own life force energy. No, like this, this is, this is, this is, this is very, very loud now, this topic. This topic of how we create our attitude with which we create, what we do for a living, what we do for a financial reward, the balance between giving and receiving. These topics are wanting to come into divine balance now. And everything that is not in alignment with the divine way of these topics are now coming to the surface for us to see and to feel, to feel the discord, to feel the human discord behind it, to call it out and to let it go. And it comes back down to what I had uh, said as my intention. I said, God, I may not be ready, but I am willing to address the poverty consciousness. I'm, I'm willing to heal this topic and transmute this not just for my mind ancestral line, but for yours, for our ancestral line, for us in this lifetime and for the collective consciousness. That would make sense why, in cases like yesterday, when I looked at you, why I saw 
some of your ancestors, but also members of my own bloodline come through. Like I saw my father's face, I saw your grandfather's face. So perhaps something, what happened yesterday, that's you, that's, that's God guiding you through certain experiences to transmute these topics of poverty consciousness and victim mentality. It's all connected. I would imagine that both your biological father and my biological grandfather, they have something in common and maybe, maybe they were very unfulfilled with their work. I could not say that maybe they had the most fulfilling careers. Your biological father was a teacher and more than likely he probably took the job because it paid enough. It paid him just enough to get by on top of it gave him the summers off to travel around and he was also able to leave work by three or four o'clock and your father is actually he retired already right he was supposed to have another f few years but he just said he couldn't take it anymore and he decided it was time to go he wasn't he wasn't there for the love of it yes he was there for the duty for the sense of duty and for the sense of responsibility and honoring his word that he would do it. Yes. And sooner or later, your environment and the people that you work with, they will mirror to you whether or not you are in alignment with your work or not. And if you experience a lot of chaos and problems and difficult times at your workplace, you may be asking yourself if that is God, the universe conspiring for you to make a change and to leave. Toxic work environment. Yes, yes. I just remember the principal of my dad, the former principal, she told him, hey, your military ways of doing your job don't work anymore. And I think, I think that caused a lot of ripple effects for him to eventually leave. And I'm bringing this up because, yes, the old ways, the military ways of doing and creating don't work anymore. Like, finally get it. The old ways of forcing, the old ways of hard work, they're gone. Like, we have ascended collectively, the earth, we're just going higher and higher. The old ways of creating and doing things and what we view as work and creation and money and exchange for money they're outdated and that's why you when you when you're not going anywhere in your life and you continue to struggle it's because the way you do things are not in alignment with the the energies of of the collective and for for earth and where we are going it's like it's like you're playing on a program from 1875 but we are in the year 2023. You gotta adjust your mindset and your attitude to this new way of living and being and the new energies of, of the earth and the, the time and era that we are in. And if, if you inherit or you copy a lot of your attitudes from your ancestors who live in the year 1754, 1865, if you still continue to operate on these attitudes and these mindsets in relation to abundance, in relation to money, in relation to work, of course you're not getting anywhere because 
we are 200 years, 300 years ahead now. We're not in these old times anymore. Everything is different. This time that we are in, I'm telling you, it's about the creative energy. It's about using your spark with all of your heart and all of your mind combined, having a lot of joy and passion for what you do and standing out with that. That's going to get you far and really being in tune with your creative energies. These are the people that are going to stand out. These are the, the people that are going to be the new wealth receivers on this planet. What does someone do if they're hearing this message and they consciously want to do that, but then there's also part of them that feels like they're outdated? What if they feel like they're too old? You know, because as I'm hearing you say this, like consciously for me, of course I want to do creative work. I want to do it in a way that is right for me. And obviously I don't, my logical mind tells me that there are people that the majority of people do not want to suffer. My logical mind would just, I would derive at that. I think people want to enjoy their life and have a good time, but they're- Embrace, embrace pleasure, avoid pain. Is it as easy to do that though, as you say it is? Is it easy to say, okay, well, I'm not feeling pleasure. I'm feeling pain at this job and I'm feeling anxiety at this job. Or I'm feeling anxiety with this business that I own. I'm just going to quit this business. I'm just going to quit this job and I'm just going to go for the pleasure. Is it really that easy to do? Like what if someone has kids and they're feeling a lot of pain, but they can't leave their business. They can't leave their job and pursue their purpose and pursue their creative spark. What if they're like in their fifties and their or sixties or seventies or eighties and they're being like, man, like, ah. You're never too old to start something new. This is just another excuse that your mind is trying to tell you to keep you stuck. And you got to ask yourself, do you rather stay stuck with a lot of pain and suffering in a job because it's familiar to you than leaping and pivoting and rebuilding your life completely? That choice is, is up to you. Maybe that's another form of poverty consciousness. Maybe that is a limited way of thinking where even if someone has a multi-million dollar business, but they're afraid to give it up because they're afraid to give up their lifestyle or they have a job nine to five or part-time or whatever, but they're afraid to leave behind because whatever the excuse is, they never built the business before. They, they have this lifestyle that they're comfortable with and they're accustomed to, or they have fear about being scammed or whatever the case is. Could this be another form of that poverty, that illusion, that limitation of our minds that keeps us from just doing it? For a few years, I had not spoken with my biological mother. And there was a time that I reconnected with her. And I asked her, oh, why don't you go back to school? And you can do this or you can do that. And at this time, she was in her late 40s or early 50s or somewhere in her 50s. And... She kept making excuses. And I remember that conversation. And I remember that she was avoiding even the possibility of doing any of the things that I suggested. She could have gone back to school. She could have decided, hmm, what is, what is my purpose? What, what could I do with my life? She probably allowed the time away from doing anything to put her in this idea that she does not have anything creative. She does not have anything of value to give. It comes back down to knowing yourself and 
knowing your self-worth. It's very important to believe in yourself and to know that you have something special inside of you. Whether you believe you can or you believe you can't, you're both usually right. That has proven itself so many times. We also have to remember that the old ways of doing, the old ways of business, I'm just going to call it the old earth. Wouldn't you agree that the old earth is crumbling in many ways? And one could say it's falling apart. Old systems are collapsing. And I mean, just the financial system in itself, from what I am aware of, one could say it's collapsing. So the old matrix, it's destined to collapse, to bring in a new paradigm. And it's those people who are confident and brave enough to step into the unknown, to let go of old jobs, business positions, businesses that no longer serve, which were part of the old paradigm. It's those people who are willing to let go, to pivot, and to embrace a new gift within them, a new creative knowing within them, who are willing to say yes to something new, who are willing to say yes to a bigger purpose, even if they have not figured it out fully yet what that may be, those people are going to be thriving in the times to come. But those people who hang on, who hold on to the old ways of being and doing and living, they're going to experience with a lot of certainty, a lot of discord. Sometimes letting go is easier than holding on. And you got to ask yourself, if you are in that position right now, where your mind is, your ego is trying to convince you to just hold on because of financial gains, because of stability, because of comfort, because that's everything you ever knew was there for you, because you got so familiar with it, you got so accustomed to it. You got to ask yourself if it's more painful to hold on than to let go and just trust. These times are requiring us to embrace a lot of the feminine energies, which is faith, which is trust, which is self-love, which is knowing that it's just all going to work out for you. And your logical mind may not, may not believe these things. Your logical mind may, may freak out and may give you all the reasons to not trust, to not have faith. But I'm telling you, the energies that we are in and the timelines that we are in as a collective and where we are going with the planet and where we are going with humanity and society and business and financial systems and everything, the energies of faith and trust and creative expression and you embracing your own feminine energy more, these are the the dominant energies. And when you're in alignment with that, you will be supported. You will be supported by a higher power. And you can ask me, okay, how can you prove that this is going to work out? How can you prove this? You can't. Your logical mind cannot understand it, but that is the point. You have to be willing to surrender. You have to be willing to go with the flow. You have to be willing to embrace something new. You have to be willing to tap back into your feminine mystery, the unknown, and trust that you will be safe and guided and protected and taken care of in these times of uncertainty. And this old energy that we were talking about, it's like very stubborn. 
and it does not embrace this feminine energy. It doesn't want to embrace it. It's like, no, it has to be this way. It has to be forceful. It has to be hard. It has to be tough. It has to be a challenge. It has to be a certain way. It has to be strict. But I'm telling you, it, <laughs> the winning team and the winning energies are the joy, the fun, the fun for creation, the joy for creation, using your body to express yourself through movement, through dance, connecting back to nature. How would you spend your life? How would you spend your days without thinking about money right now? What would you love to create? What would you love to try something new? Perhaps take that dance class, perhaps take that art class, perhaps learn this reiki training or whatever it is or perhaps it is learning how to work with the plants and growing your own food perhaps it is getting a a training and knowledge in how to build new uh, sustainable housing everything that is in connection with living more sustainable living more in harmony with our natural resources and with earth and with humans as a whole, everything that supports these topics, when you take a leap into that and explore more about these subjects, you're going to be supported because this is all about humanity is being called to go back to living naturally in all its ways, housing, food, communities. It's all about going back to nature and remembering how to work with the earth, work with the elements and be in harmony with all life. And a lot of the old ways and the old businesses and the old industries that were created hundreds of years ago that were damaging to life, that were damaging to nature, we're going to see them fade away. We are already seeing them fade away. Businesses that were exploiting others, that were exploiting the planet and humans, all, all forms of industry that cause any form of suffering, they will fade away. They will no longer be able to sustain themselves. And they will be replaced by industries, by a completely new paradigm shift of new conscious businesses that are supporting the well-being of all life on this planet. And if you can step into this new paradigm now, where you can support the well-being of all life on this planet in whatever shape or form it is, even if it's just volunteer work to start with, you're going to be supported. You have to trust and make a change and take that first step. If we're just living in, in a matrix that was designed by an architect and that architect created programs, right? Created programs for people to run on these programs, then the scarcity mindset is simply just a program that was instilled into the minds of people to act out a certain pattern. So we are consciously commanding to let go of all forms of the poverty mindset and the poverty programs. We're plugging out completely, we're letting that go and we are commanding it to be replaced with God's divine abundance 
program. And so it is. You make sure that with whatever you are going to create, whatever services you're going to provide, that you can keep your word, that you're very clear with what you offer, and that you can keep your promises with people. You want everything that you do to be very transparent with people. If you know that you cannot keep up with, let's say, with a deadline, then communicate that and say, we cannot deliver that. That's not what we are offering. Be very honest, be very straight and direct with everyone that you meet so that they know exactly where they stand with you. They may not like it, their ego may not like it, but they know that, hey, at least we are true and we are honest with our word. People need to know that when they hear us and when they see us and they feel our energy that they're going to get value from us. And we're not, we're not a case like this company today where it's, they ease, it's so, this has been the repeating theme also with, with another girl, another experience with a girl that I had just lately. And that the repeating theme was, wow, it's so easy for them to get the money. It's so easy for them to get my money fast. But when it's about me wanting to get my service rendered that I paid for, there are question marks, there are time delays, there are no responses, there is ignorance, there is frustration. So I'm like there with my money, with my resources, with my energy, ready to pay immediately, ready to give. I'm there, I'm there to give. But when it's time for their part to do their part, there are just question marks, there are time delays, there is ignorance, there is anger. And I'm like, hey, this doesn't feel like balance. Like I'm giving, but the receiving part is like distorted. It's like the channel of giving is like freely, it's like open. But when it comes to the receiving channel, it feels like there's some distortion there. Would you say that you have an abundant block? Not consciously. God, if this is a riddle, I mean, I'm as unattached as I can be truly, truly. But also I feel that there is something behind. There is like, why am I experiencing this in my, in my created reality? Why did my higher self create all of this? We're willing to pay. Everything flows. Yes, the payment goes through. Instant response. Instant back and forth. Great. Everything's smooth. But then when it's time for them to deliver all of a sudden they're like blocks time delays distortions no responses at all and then i reach out again willing to pay and then again smooth transaction smooth back and forth and then boom all of a sudden they're not willing to deliver anymore and then they're like hiding or they silently disappear not willing to provide and to finish their job what they said that they're going to do. It's like you, you're hiring a building company to build you a freaking mansion. And then they start building the foundation, the basement. And then all of a sudden, no one comes to do their job anymore. And the building company all of a sudden just silently disappears. But yet you already paid everything for the entire house versus just paying them for the basement. And versus saying, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay you not for the entire project. I'm going to pay you for what you deliver. Oh, how about we do that from now on? You know how most people, when they want the payment up front? Yeah. How about we then make that a, a must? Like, okay, you give us the, you deliver first. Right. We pay you. You deliver first. We pay you. 
you deliver first. We wow. So it's, oh, receive first. Then give. That's a big message about these instances. Oh, and I also think about your mom, too, with that boy, that dude. Which one? What The first one, the second one, the third one, or the fourth one? There's a fourth one? I don't know. Well, the most recent one. I really don't know, because she lately asked me again to help her with some freaking online transaction, and I'm like, holy F, are you serious? I ignored her message, but... So, I don't know, maybe there is a fourth one. <laughs> well, yeah, like, she... This is, see the see the pattern? Also with the cacao ceremony, this is we're, another pattern. We're giving first? Yes. But that's also for marketing purposes. That's also to get the word out. Receive first. Because we all, I always believed, like, the more you give, the more you receive. But what if that is part of the outdated ideology? Well, then isn't that, isn't that then synonymous with the whole, your issue with the teachers where they were, like, selfish and they was, like, about them, like, what's in it for me? Isn't that the same thing? Receive first and give? That is a riddle. No, I believe this is mainly about financial exchange that that we are being taught here. I'm I'm also saying too, trading is the same concept. It's like I have to give my money first for me to then receive afterwards, right? But what if you like you lose, right? So and that's the same thing too with the lifepurpose.com. The website and everything, everything we had to pay first. Why wouldn't we have to give our resources first? But now, as we've been saying for the last year or so, the medicines now have been all coming to us. Cause we went first. We did we we initiated, right? I don't I I don't know. Like I'm I'm really like thinking about this. Cause it's the same thing too with uh with my biological grandmother. Remember I told you she put down the down payment for an apartment in Brooklyn? And then what wound up happening? She got completely ripped off. The same thing too with the trading uh, coach. You know, we pay for these sessions and then he's nowhere, like he just all of a sudden thinks it's okay to not answer our emails. Like is, is he a genuine coach or is he a genuine online scam? Well, I would, I for sure knew that he was not a genuine online coach, but he had the results, or at least that's what I saw. At least that's what it was portrayed. That's what I conceived with my physical eyes and my senses and I got perhaps blinded. But that's also you can say the same thing too for a lot of a lot of traders on YouTube. They may not have ever worked for an institution. They may not have ever gotten like professional licenses or certifications for trading. And that's not really that type of industry. It's more like do you can you can you show me what you're doing if you have the results? So maybe this is Maybe this is also an important factor here. When people want to work with you or people want to offer you a certain service and people want to portray themselves as an expert, like literally ask them for their results. Let's say, let's say you have, let's say we have a financial, someone that calls himself a, fin a financial crypto master and they for whatever reason they want to support us, then instead of just blindly trusting them, we got to, you know, tell them, prove to me that you're a master. Let me have insight into your bank statements, into your financial accounts, so that I can be convinced that what you're saying matches the reality. What if these experiences are like the universe or God saying, okay, have you had enough doing? 
Have you had enough doing? Are you ready to just be? Because when you be, what do you do? You're you're saving energy, right? Like the lion. The lion the lion rests about twenty hours a day. They they're just sitting out in the shade and they hunt at night where it's when it's cooler. Why? Because it it, it saves them their energy. Is it is it possible that for us that because we have access to food and we have this idea that we need to be constructive members of society in some regard, that, that is also a very old, outdated way. And that's also an illusion. Because if we think about, you know, we have food, we can expend our energy freely. Well, what if actually that's not true? What if, what if it's also not true, the idea of energy is infinite, but that energy is actually channeled for a certain duration of time within a physical component. Like what if, okay, for example, you're, you're born, you have your organs. I obviously, I don't see a power cord attached to you, but there's something that is, has energetically charged you with a certain amount of life force energy. But at some point, whether or not your lifespan is 60 years, 70, 80, 90 years, at some point, you're going to leave your physical body. Your physical body is already deteriorating day by day, minute by minute, hour by hour. So is it fair to say that you have unlimited energy? I don't know. And if I think about this, like, what is creation? You can create anything. But what if the next level of ascending to a higher level of consciousness is to be very discerning of creation and how you create and what you create and when you create? hundred percent. It's one thing to create every single day, but it's another thing to create once and strike once with that creation. And that's what I have been telling you in the beginning with lifepurpose.com. I said, I don't feel aligned to creating all the time content. Because I, it is important for me that when I do create something, it is like a masterpiece. You know what I mean? Like Mozart or Beethoven, they only had a certain amount of their musical um, masterpieces. They didn't write a thousand or not even a hundred masterpieces. They created perhaps 10 to maximum 20 pieces that became worldwide known and still live on to this day. That's the same thing for music artists, musicians. Alicia Keys, how many of all the songs that she's ever released, how many stand out? Maybe five to 10. Out of how many? 50, 60 songs? If, she, if in her career, she's pr produced 50, 60 songs, how many are like hits? Maybe a handful. Jay-Z, he's made multiple albums, but how many were actually hits? Like, where people can tell you this is the song and they can almost sing the lyrics. If we have a portfolio of our work, yeah, if I think about that, like if we have a portfolio of our work, like on YouTube or even on the website, currently, how many of these posts are doing much better than the others? A handful. Someone could say... Yeah, you could be selective of how much creation you do in a given time period, but also you have to think about the process of getting good enough to have created those masterpieces. And Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, like how many songs did Mozart have to play at first for his first massive hit? This is what I've been asking myself the last few months and years of my life. 
my God, if there is a riddle to the to financial abundance, I am clearly not understanding this. Can you please help me with this? I'm willing to work. I'm willing to use my hands. I'm willing to put the hours in and the timing. But like, where are the results that I'm looking for? Is it as simple as you're saying? The attitude? Like, is that the missing piece? Is that the missing ingredient to this? What comes to me right now is you are just like Mozart. You get it? Explain this. You're just like Mozart where you are building up to your strike. I keep asking the voice, the God voice, like, okay, what, what needs to happen? What do I need to do to have success with this? And the voice just keeps telling me, be patient, just wait. Just, just wait. When it's time to strike, you're going to strike. You already know where your where your striking point is. Just strike there. I think my takeaway from the last few episodes and especially the last twenty four hours is is all about the attitude. And I agree with you one hundred percent, Hamla. You're absolutely right. Out of anyone that I've ever met, I still say this: you have the most positive attitude that I've ever met. You have so much belief in yourself. It's very contagious, and when I think of you, it's very interesting that you had started off this podcast episode with mentioning that when you were eight or nine years old, you wanted to be a radio spokesperson. You wanted to speak on the radio. I've never heard a kid say that. I've never heard anyone say <laughs> say that as their as their purpose in life. I think I also got inspired by my aunt because she was a radio speaker. So you you were inspired by her. Yes, and we we actually went into a radio studio in Vienna when I was a kid with school, like an um, an, an an excursion. And then how you say it? Field trip, yeah, excursion. Yeah, something yeah. like that. And I found it really interesting. What was it about that experience that you said you made, that made you say, "Oh, you wanted to be a radio talk show host"? Now, thinking back of it. I believe what stood out to me was the fact that there is this one person in this studio who has a microphone and it gets broadcasted all over Europe and anyone can tune in at any time. How powerful is that? And you can share a message, you can share a thought in an instant and people can tune in and listen to that and receive your voice and receive your message instantly. I found that just to be very powerful and um like, what a way to share something with a lot of people in an instant. I believe that's what what was going through my mind. And it's powerful. Yeah. But that's that's where you want to have your own. You want to be. You want to be in control. You want to be in creative control over your own radio station. Right? You don't want anyone to tell you, this is what you can speak about. This is what you can't speak about. No. Like, you want to be your own radio spokesperson where... You are in charge of what you share and what you don't share. And there is no limit. There is no forbidding your freedom of speech. And perhaps if we if we haven't had the opportunity of the internet and doing podcasts at this time, then perhaps I would have created my own radio show <laughs> if podcast wasn't a thing right now. You know what I mean? Great that it is a thing because it is not looking at it from a financial perspective but just looking at it in general it is significantly cheaper than owning a radio station it is also much easier to distribute worldwide the problem before with 
let's say radio stations in New York City is they the signal only goes out to to New York City, but we can we are in a stage where we can distribute to the entire world for incredibly cheap. So there is that as an advantage if you look at it this way. I'm still going to be reflecting on this financial riddle about what we're experiencing and, and what could this mean. I understand from the both of our states of consciousness, I believe we truly want the best and we want to do the best that we can with this podcast, with LifePurpose.com, with anything that we do. I can say from my side, my heart is in it, yes, I'm, but that doesn't always mean that I'm going to come from the place of love. I embrace my anger as a tool to help me take action and I cannot be feeling stifled because you perceive that my action is discordant or it's not the greatest source of love. Perhaps I'm also providing what some people need, which is fire, which is anger, which is discipline, which is motivation. In my way, if you think about how I've impacted your life, I, I can say for sure, from my understanding, I may not have been come from the place of being very sweet and angelic and loving as you, but I was like more like tough, tough love, more tough medicine. But that also helped you, as from what I'm seeing. At the same time, I do agree with you. I think that there is a level of neutrality that I can reach. God, what we want to know from you, like don't overthink it. Just trust your gut here. What guidance can you give to the listeners about transcending poverty consciousness now? What I can say that I am doing that is helping me is to change my attitude. I think that poverty consciousness is all about attitude. So it's it's not complaining when things aren't going right. It is not being afraid. It's not worrying. It's not overthinking. It's none of those things. I believe that that's a form of poverty consciousness. And what I am working on is focusing on the best possible outcome and visualizing. I'm focusing so much on that and I'm focusing on affirmations and telling myself I'm the best and I believe in myself and I can do it and visualizing myself as having already accomplished and transcended this idea, this poverty consciousness. So for example, I'm at a stage of my journey right now where we're building this company and there's a lot of uncertainty and we're running law on resources and I am keeping my faith and I'm visualizing, I'm visualizing myself speaking at an interview where people are asking me questions about how how is it possible that you were able to build this massive company? So I'm constantly visualizing this. I'm, I literally am seeing myself in a third person and I see like a black background and I see like a camera is on me and I'm speaking about this and I'm speaking about, you know, what was going through my mind and what was the process of me doing this and people listening to what I had to say about how I succeeded. So I'm visualizing myself already in the future and I'm visualizing myself as being more relaxed and being more carefree, having more fun. 
as a form of transcending this poverty consciousness. And I'm also actively currently now working on noticing when I am complaining or I'm entertaining a victim mindset and working on changing my attitude. I, for me, that that's, that's the only way that I can think of and that's the only guidance that I can give at this stage. I haven't fully transcended it yet, so I can't speak from that place of I'm the expert and I know how to transcend this. No, no, no. But what I am saying is that these are the things that I'm doing right now to heal this poverty consciousness and to heal this state of mind. So affirmations, reprogramming, rewiring subconscious with affirmations and self-awareness, self-awareness, meditation, not complaining or being mindful that when I complain to shut up and to stop complaining, to not entertain a victim mindset and feel sorry for myself and to visualize myself as having already transcended poverty consciousness. And from what I'm hearing, you're shifting consciously your focus on the highest outcome always. Yeah, I'm every single day. Right. And to focus on that. Okay, I can't say every single day because there's some days where like I wake up really bitter. And I'm just being honest with you about this. Like, especially the last couple of weeks about this trading service thing, that got me like really bitter. That got me really, really bitter. But I am focusing on the best that I can on the most positive outcome, on the blessing in this, on the miracle of this, and being able to tell this story in the future as it's humorous. You know, I'm re I really, I can already find it comical in some, at some points, sometimes it, is, it does get me a little bit sad, but there are other times where I think, man, like this, this is going to make one hell of a story. And I just do the best that I can to see it that way. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the LifePurpose.com podcast. If you found this episode valuable, share it with someone that you know needs to hear this. And until next time on the LifePurpose.com podcast.